the way cars are being built now is way crazier than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Because 10 years ago, all you really wanted to do is get to the car show and get back and home. Get back home. <laughs> yeah. Now people are like, hey, man, I'm getting a lot of money tied up in this. You might I want as something well that I can go drive, drive that I don't have to be scared of driving. Welcome to another episode of Modify with Trick Factory Customs. <laughs> if this is your first time watching, uh, we are a custom automotive shop located here in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. My name is Elvis. Tim. John. <laughs> Haven't you said John before? I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't pay attention. <laughs> uh, if you're not, if you don't know, Rob, every episode comes up with a different name, so. Uh, I keep telling him he needs more outlandish names, but he hasn't done. I mean, has more research. Homework. Yeah, I have not. I have zero preparation. That's just like in the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a simple man. Oh yeah. And on this episode, we are going to be discussing the project car triangle. The project car triangle. I'm curious. Yes. So actually, I'm going <clears> to <throat> take off this hat just to get serious here. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> it just happened. So <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so um, this was something I heard uh, a while back. And uh, if you don't know about the project car triangle, you want to get a project car, but you have some certain constraints. You can't just go get it anything that you want. And so the triangle, it's literally has three sides and uh, it's reliable, cheap and fast. You cannot pick all three. You have to pick just two. Mm. Yes. And so we are going to be discussing all the combinations of that. Uh, and uh, the best, I guess, the best option if you were to get a project car. And because with getting project cars, you have to have certain expe expectations. Okay, but what's your end goal? The end goal yeah. is to pick a project car. Yeah, but yeah. what are you doing with your project car? Exactly. What are we doing? Exactly. We're that's what we're going to be we discussing. Race car, are we <laughs> a driver. Like, what's the what's? Yeah, we're going to mm. be discussing all of that in this video. Right. That's it. That's pretty much all it. encompassing. Yes, all encompassing because there's going to be a lot. I think that we're going to unpack in this episode. So, with that said, okay, how was the week for you guys? Mm. Not bad. It's been that a good week. Yeah, we just uh, got back from the driven show. Like, yeah. Yeah, the Driven Show. Yeah. We we road tripped from here in Vancouver to Calgary for the for the Driven Show and first show of the year for us. It went really well. We we brought the Evil Evo and the Slant Nose Nine Nine Six wide body, and uh, that was kind of like a, a that was the maiden that run for that car. For yeah, that. and it performed flawlessly. It was great. So yeah, testament to Porsche. Yeah, we made it back in one piece. I was Everyone highly we were crazy. I was highly doubtful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't think we were crazy at all. Like I knew we could do it. Uh, yeah, like I was thinking because we literally road tripped this thing. Uh, like well, there was there was almost no prior testing before. But all the modifications. <laughs> I think you have an underlying association, as do so many other people. <laughs> That cars that look like that car are unreliable and undrivable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so no. I think that's no. That's your I, bias. I think there's no. a lot of value in what he just said there, and it's a really common thing. Because otherwise, most why people, would why would you feel that there was any risk at all in driving that car that far? 
the reason I felt that was, and this is my thought is probably going, is going to be different because I have done a similar road. I'm not a similar road trip, but I drove my Datsun that I built. I built it in three months. I hadn't even driven it for like five miles. And I was like, I'm just going to road trip this thing mm-hmm. across the country from California to Kentucky for like 3000 miles. Yeah. And, uh, it, it made it, but, um, I, yeah. So I have a, a thought of my mind. Okay. Yeah, it is doable, but for things, I don't know. I guess I expected it because the last time we drove that or you drove that thing to the last show, it was it had some not issues, but some kinks that needed to be worked out. Like it was really low. It's it like almost scraped everywhere. And I yeah. didn't know how that was going to handle the road. I Then with the modifications to the radiator that you did. Yeah, pretty much um, made relocated the radiator. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know if that was going to i mean it's is it the highest point in the engine like all those little things yeah. for overheating like if that was going to happen like there w- there was a chance at least in my head i was like i hope this thing is going to right, work right and fine. those are all valid things to consider but like i mean this isn't our first time going True. through this <laughs> kind of stuff right if you're not confident that it's going to function i don't think you would have spent that much money on it Mm. Right, and I think I think like I don't think you should like spend that kind of dough on those parts and those materials if you haven't done your research and have a pretty good understanding that it's going to function Take properly. The, okay, abuse. Okay. Like I just don't think you would do it. Maybe lots of people do. I have no idea, but I mean, just doing the rad, the fan, and fittings, not even labor and fabrication is probably two grand in parts <laughs> like i don't i can't afford to spend two grand in parts just to try something to see if it's going to work i right. was yeah. i was fairly confident it was going to work yeah we did our homework man we did our research for that like i was confident that the radiator was going to work perfectly well you know even in the state that it's in right now it's still incomplete we still need to build all the ducting and everything for yeah. it so it functions so, at an even more efficient so level theory, than it is now. It's going to get better. Yeah, so, it will. But like as far as the functionality, you know, and, and like, you know, coolant passing through it and cooling the engine, it's, it works. It's fine. It's perfect, right? Because we did our research. We know how the system works from the factory. We just basically took the two radiators and made them one in the center and that was it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't worried, man. And then, like, and then, like, the wide body part of it, like, that's a big part. Okay, so, like, I mean, kind of coming back to all this, like, building a custom car, like, I think originally Tim was saying, is like, most people have a the sort of like this association to a custom cars being kind of crap, like junk, you know, unreliable, and they're just there to look at and things like that. That's unfortunately a big, a big misconception, and like it's kind of makes me sad when I, when I hear the term industry standard, you know, because a lot of people just throw this shit together and they have these amazing looking car show vehicles that literally are the worst thing in the world to drive. Well, the slant nose wide body project was not one of those. And, and we kind of go above and beyond just taking a kit out of a box and putting it on a car. And like, you know, we know, we know through, not just through our experience that you need to do a whole bunch of extra work in order to make it function. So taking it on a road trip across the country is not going to be an issue. Really? I mean, the only thing that I was nervous about, there was two things, the ride height. Of course, the car was super low, right? The slant nose front end dips down. It has a really sort of, it's, 
what do you, I don't know overhang. what you call that. The overhang, overhang. that's Whoa. that's the terminology for that. It's pretty long. It's a slant nose, and we built uh, you know a nice splitter. shaped splitter and everything for it. I was nervous because of the height relative to the ground on that. And it did touch down but it many touched. times, but it, but, but also yeah. also like knowing that 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 was gonna do that right from the very beginning of that project, I made sure that it had all really really strong mounting to sort of provide the strength that it needed for that. I know, and it took like, a beating. It took a like I beating. Hit, I hit some speed bumps that were obviously too big for the car, and in a testament to what he did with my splitter. It just raised the whole front of the car up. Oh, shit. That's no, pretty there's cool. There's no crunching. That's there's pretty no cool. There's no nothing. It just lifted wow. the whole car right. the way it went. Right. See, the splitter so, wasn't flying by the roadside. Whereas normally you see some guys like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh oh. That's yeah. the end of that. But I mean, how much extra time did that take? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Most people don't go through that. Yeah. They would have left their splitter or their little chin spoiler <laughs> in a parking lot someplace. Yeah. So, I mean, we did that road trip with success. Everything was perfect. It worked really well. The and car I've been dailing it every day since. That's you know, pretty awesome. awesome. So, wow. we, came, we came back from the road trip. So, we went there and back with the, with the, with the car the way it was. We came back and we made some revisions. We, we adjusted the ride height ever so slightly. Tim took it another, you know, what a half an inch ish an inch. up from where it was. It still looks absolutely unreal, but it has that little tiny bit extra clearance. Now it's a perfectly acceptable daily driver that you don't have to be like super babying all the time. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, it was great. And I think a lot of this conversation right here kind of ties into this triangle thing that you that you brought up for the topic think, of today's podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the vet law, there's a lot of value. Like, I have no hesitation whatsoever to drive my car home, drive it wherever. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in being able to use it anytime you want, whenever you want, without mm -hmm. having to make special concessions. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. I mean, for me, for you, for, for all of us yeah. here, we like driving our shit. And you don't want to think twice know? about, oh, I'm well, going to... You don't want to be a headache. <laughs> no. You don't want to be exhausted when you no. get back home from driving it. You're like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to take this road. I'm going to avoid this. I'm going to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah, and it hasn't always been like that, too. Like, I mean, trust, like, we've got some history here. Like, we've built stuff like that that are like, fuck, man, this pretty much just show only. And, like, if you use it more than once or twice, you're going to have to, you're going to have a lot of maintenance, a lot of repairs. And, like, we just don't, we're not about that anymore. Like, we're all done it's, with that part like, of it. There's a learning curve to it. You mm -hmm. know what you can get away with that's going to be reasonable. Yeah. So, and it kind of like, you know, we get our customers coming in to see us, and they're like, hey, how much to do this? Well, you know what? It's going to cost you about this much money. And, like, you know, that's relative to whatever it is. And they're like, oh, man, that's a lot more than what, you know, Joe Schmo down the street quoted me. Well, while through our history and, you know, our experience, we know you're going to need to do all of this. So if you One want time. it to be, if you want it to be proper, you know, this is what it's going to cost. Like yeah. it's going to take that. And, and really, I mean, the end, end goal is I want you to drive your shit. Because mm -hmm. how many kids that we get come by that want us to fix their body kits? <laughs> so like, sure, if you can repaint it in your driveway once every three months, go ahead. That's yeah. totally no problem right if that's your jam if that's what if that's what your goal is yeah if but, that's your metric of of happiness in in building cars but being cool like, of we build custom cars i only want to build it one time 
<clears throat> that's it. I don't like taking stuff back apart. So when I do it, I want to make sure it's done. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than having to take stuff back apart. No, some man. people love it. That's their weekends. Like, it's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, some people I'd are I'd rather all about be out it. driving mine. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Fixing and repairing and, and doing things more than one time, I feel like it's like a negative. It's like a negativity. Yeah, like, I don't oh, want oh, that in my oh. life, man. Yeah. So try to do it right the first time. That's that's kind of how we like to shoot at it. Yeah, that's something I'm still learning, and it's been it's been we trying to drive that into and you every day. <laughs> you know, just this is what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, but I feel like I'm still learning because you're I, getting it. This past uh, a few days ago, I was going to go get. Uh, right now, I'm working on my LS swapped 1976 Jaguar XJS, mm -hmm. but um, I'm redoing the engine bay because it doesn't look great. Rob helped me make a. Um, panel that was rusted through yeah um and i'm trying to repaint the engine bay right now and so i asked uh the guys at the shop brett and spencer i was like um what paint should i use for this because i want to make sure it's good and then they told me the paint that i should get um but uh when i got to the store like two days ago i saw it and i was like oh the price yeah it was like double yeah what i would have originally gotten <laughs> would uh, like was yeah and i was so shocked and then i spent over 30 minutes trying to decide <laughs> and arguing with myself <laughs> in my head uh on whether i should buy the expensive paint or go for the really cheap one and finally i was like i kept on hearing your voice in my head oh yes. of doing it once <laughs> just do it once man be proud gotta, of what you've you done gotta, doing it right yeah. you gotta weigh it out too like there's some things that are like sure if it's a five or ten twenty minute re and re you can take a chance on a cheap part you can yeah because like some stuff is crazy like it might be ten times as much you're like i could put five of these in here over the next two years for the yeah. cost of this one go ahead it's fine it makes sense like we've done it mm -hmm. but Something like your engine bay. When's your next opportunity <laughs> to pull the entire engine out yeah. to paint it again? Exactly. When you had to spend an extra forty-five or fifty dollars on, you know, a better quality product that's gonna hold out. Yeah. Like you just some things yeah. you just can't take a chance on. Yeah. yeah. Product and labor spent. Yes. Sometimes, man, like opportunity or even desire to pull an engine and all the systems out to do that over again yeah. who wants to do that well, i think that's part of like nobody this, this crazy conversation because we've caused some havoc on our <laughs> podcast and stuff <laughs> and it's like a lot of these conversations are based on your time being worth absolutely nothing mm -hmm. yeah so like their whole argument is this is what they're doing whereas i'm at a point in my life and i'm sure you guys are where you have other things that you need to do to mm -hmm. you so it's your time is worth something now so Very then true. there's that's where the transition is and i get it a lot of these kids aren't there because like what you're doing is that like this yeah. weekend i'm doing this and you're like cool that's yeah. your that's your the highlight for the weekend but i got 19 other things Absolutely. to do i yeah. don't want to be redoing this thing no yeah and, and like we've been in the same place as that before too like that was man this is what we're doing it's gonna be sick dude you know and that was a thing that's part of it and yeah you put in crazy hours and it's yeah it's not worth anything no now you got to weigh your thing out am i better off working in the shop or mowing my lawn it's cheaper for yeah. me than someone to mow my lawn yeah because yeah. he's 30 dollars an hour i could be making 100 so it yeah. doesn't make sense for me to do that and then mm -hmm. like once you get to that point in your life and your time becomes worth something that changes the entire conversation of this car game and what makes you a car guy or not like mm -hmm. it's, I yeah and it's not always just about the money 
It's just yeah, like the quality so. of time spent. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, sometimes I'll sacrifice for making money so I can spend quality time in other areas. Things that put a smile on my face. Yes. You know, <coughs> whatever that might be. Yeah. But Sweet. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into it. Yeah, we are diving into <laughs> I feel like that was like a whole other well, topic yeah, starting. Oh, no, it's all part of the project thing. Like you got to, you know, we keep saying and being realistic and like so many of these kids are like, you know, I'm keeping this car forever. It's like, man, we've all said that dumb shit. It's yeah. like, it's not reality. There comes a point in your life where it's like, it's got to start making sense. Yeah. Financially, time spent, all these different things. Even if it just means, yeah, the reliability, being able to take this thing someplace and be able to use it. But yeah. So let's, let's jump in. Yes, we're let's diving it into it. Yeah, I think we already started the conversation. Uh, so the Project Car Triangle, um, you have to pick two. You can't pick three. It's between reliable, cheap, and fast. So you're trying to get a, a project car, but in a perfect world, you would have a car that is both reliable cheap and fast <laughs> yeah in a perfect world you'd have all three in a perfect world right? you could have all three but this is not a perfect world and we all have to work with constraints um especially if you're on a budget uh, even if you're not you're not you're not on a budget for example like you can have something reliable and it's fast but it's not going to be cheap um <laughs> which is for example like ooh, you're getting a new what 997 or no a new gt2 rs or gt3 rs uh you can get that it's reliable in fact but it's not cheap and so what are your thoughts on the project car triangle mm. and it also depends like you guys said on what you're building yeah it totally depends on what you're building and what your purpose for the car is and i've seen like a transition in probably maybe the last five years maybe seven like all these road tours and you know power tours and you can see the difference in the cars from like the transition from like say the hot rod power tour when it started yeah and there's all these like what do they call it the where they go from track to track oh yeah that is a um like drag that is, week or something yeah, drag like that. Drag week. that is yeah so if you look at the cars that were participating in that when it started and what the cars are now they're vastly, vastly different. And if you don't know what uh, those are, so like Drag Week or Hot World Power Tour, like you have to drive your car from racetrack to racetrack and do passes on it all day long. Not all yeah. day long, but a few passes on it and then drive to the next track and then drive to the next track yeah. all week long. Yeah, there's so a whole probably, bunch of different yeah, examples. Like you're probably traveling like 1,000 or 1,500 miles. <laughs> and even a lot of these power tours are like, there's different lengths to it so you can jump on jump off but i mean the minimum i think participation is like 500 miles mm -hmm. and like look at how that's affected the way cars are being built now because mm -hmm. at the beginning of it what did you see you saw like solid beam front axle 32 fords with 671 blowers and all this type of stuff and like now the stuff that you're seeing is like there's guys running thousand horsepower blown ls 67 camaros that are like you know they're crazy but they're going the whole distance. They're not breaking down. They're having a good time, but it's not cheap. No, like, no, <laughs> no. They got AC. They got all the things, and it's like the the way cars are being built now is way crazier than it was ten years ago. Yeah, because ten years ago, all you really wanted to do is get to the car show and get back and home. Get back home. <laughs> yeah. Now people are like, "Hey, man, I'm getting a lot of money tied up in this. You might I want as something well that I can go drive, drive that I don't have to be scared of driving." Mm -hmm. So I think the transition is a lot different. I think a lot of these young kids with these Hondas is like 
they're the modern hot rodders of this era. Yeah. And they're building cars for the same purpose. I just need to get here, do my thing, and then just get home. That's all I care <laughs> about. Whereas, like, as you get older and you get more money invested, you want to have more, like, they're calling you not a car guy. Like, you're not a car guy because you don't want to do f- seven seconds. It's like, no, that's the opposite. I actually want to spend more time in my car enjoying my investment. <laughs> Whether or not it was a good one or not, I want to be using this more because the value I'm extracting from the car is its actual use. Oh, okay. Whereas these kids, it's like you're not getting the use that you paid for. No. But they're not putting a lot of money in it. So then that's, again, the fucking fast and cheap. That's cool. And the hot rods used to be like that. They'd be unreliable. They were expensive and unreliable. So I think things have changed a lot. Like people's attitudes towards stuff is a lot different now. Mm-hmm. Fast and cheap. That's so funny. Yeah. Fast and cheap. But like we mentioned in the previous episode or one of the previous episodes, for how long is it going to be fast and cheap? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it starts out if you're doing fast, cheap, that's the way it starts. And then if you get addicted to that, then it starts getting expensive because you're trying to make it more reliable. Mm-hmm. And that's when you got to start spending real money. Yeah, so not just to hate on Hondas, but like even like an LS engine, like fast and cheap in the in the project triangle, fast and cheap. You could throw a, a say a, a eBay turbo kit onto your LS, bone stock, and make crazy power. It's not going to be as reliable. No, but it'd it's be fast and it'll be cheap. <laughs> we're li- we're literally <laughs> right. Doing it. So before anybody even hates on us, we yeah. literally did yeah. that exact thing. Yeah. But like I comment back to so many of these kids, I'm not driving that thing any further <laughs> than I'm willing to pay to have it. Exactly. Home. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're doing, we built or we are building. It's called the Lambolet Euroho. It's a uh, Lamborghini Urus with a Chev with a Lamborghini Urus body with a Chevy Tahoe, and we're combining that uh, to make the Lambolet Euroho. And we also twin turboed the Tahoe as yep. well. So we're doing a body swap on it. We're going to take the body off the Tahoe yep. and put the Lambo body on yep. the chassis. And we've done a twin turbo kit. Yeah, uh, we've had it. We've not had it dynoed, but we have had it. We are, we're on a base tune now, and it makes it makes good it power. Rips. It makes good power. Yeah. we still have some things to sort out, but you're not going to be driving that every day. No, no. I mean it, it's going to be fine. But its purpose in life is a little bit different than like so. It, it its purpose in life doesn't require it to be as reliable as. You know, if if it's perfectly really different, yeah. like if it was a street car or somebody that's going to like travel long distance in it, you know, that reliability has got to be higher. Right. So then that project triangle starts to shift. Yeah. Right. So maybe don't put a turbo in it and just drive it as is, as the LS engine is, or you do the opposite and put do all add the turbo. But then you have to add other things. If you're driving it on the street, you have to make it street streetable reliable have to add stronger i don't know all the bold all the stuff like rocker arms and um it's gonna yeah, rods all of these little things we know it's gonna break yeah <laughs> yeah like we know that yeah we know so that probably the first thing to go is either gonna be the diff or the trans i would say the trans will probably go first because we can't get it to hook up hard enough to break the diff yeah yeah but and, and that's in the state that it's in yeah. right now like and you gotta follow along with this project series if you want to kind of know more about that, but but those hundred and seventy pound forty inch tires, Ooh, that's when we're gonna start breaking. <laughs> we're gonna break all line. kinds of shit. Then. Yeah, yeah. I have but a f- like that's a very inexpensive turbo kit. The parts on it are like 
they are there's no branding they're yeah. junk yeah like they are legit junk and so it might fail at any time too <laughs> yeah so like we know that because i mean comparing that to on the other hand say the evil evo which has a fully built texas speed engine precision turbos like all of the premium parts mm -hmm. an entirely different animal built to a higher standard it's going to be way 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 more reliable than yeah. what the lambo lay yeah. engine you know is plus it can produce a thousand horsepower all the time yeah crazy i, I mean, don't have to turn the boost down i don't got to put a different map in i don't got to do nothing i can drive it reliably at a thousand horsepower yeah mm -hmm. and so uh that reliability what did it cost you <laughs> yeah yeah like it's, it's a and small anybody fortune that says right that they can do it cheaper like again i keep going back to like sure you can make a thousand horsepower but it's a lot different than having a thousand horsepower yeah yeah so you can go on a dyno and make a thousand horsepower and run massive boost and meth and e85 and all mm -hmm. this stuff but you're not driving around like that you can't no. and those guys change their tune which is why they got to have a laptop with them all the time yeah i don't need to have a laptop with me i can just set it at a thousand and send it send it across country if i want to <laughs> yeah and it'll do it yeah because we so, could make a thousand horsepower with the lambo lay as well yeah, True. Like we could. We're not gonna go. But we're that not. Far. We're not. No. It's, it's gonna, <laughs> gonna leave us stranded. I'm sure right away. But There's I mean, plenty of proof out there that will that will say the exact same thing. That's the other side of it. It's like everyone sort of gravitates to that one guy. Yeah. The one guy, and we literally are aware of that guy. Like he's got 40, 50, 60 passes on a stock bottom end, and he's making 1,600 horsepower. He's one guy. Yeah. How many thousands of guys tried to do the same thing and didn't get one pass? Yeah. Yeah, and that one guy, like, I'm sure he's been through many, many other iterations of that same build. And, he, yeah, and he's that guy. And like, this one's a unicorn. Yeah, he's got it to a point where he just drops a rod out, puts a new one in, and yeah. Yeah, sends yeah. it. Sends yeah. it. So who wants to do that? And yeah. who's that capable of being able to do that on a whim? And what I've found with the Euroho now is that it... Like the the thought of it blowing up is always at the back of my mind. I'm like, every time I hear a noise or a sound, I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what yeah. just happened? No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and so you don't have that peace of mind that comes with if you were to just pay the money and have a fully built engine that can withstand all that horsepower. I feel like you have a peace of mind and it's like, okay, this is meant mm -hmm. to do this. You're not stretching its legs or taking it out of its comfort zone mm -hmm. so well it's the same as my motor or the that big blown wegner motor yeah if i heard a hiccup out of it i was like i'd be probably on the phone like almost instantly <laughs> yeah. yeah because you have that recourse but that motor if it windows the block like, <laughs> you got nobody the to call like, yeah. you no. deserve it you did this to yeah. yourself it was a perfectly reliable family car and, and look what you did to it yeah. exactly so, <laughs> yeah so well you're, done. You're literally living on borrowed time. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we've done fast and cheap. We've done, have we done reliable? Yeah, we've done reliable and fast. But uh, fast and, no. Fast and cheap? We've done I, fast and cheap. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Reliable? Fast and reliable? Yeah. That would be the other one. I yeah. would say our fast most reliable stuff that comes mm. out of here is like 450 to 500 horsepower. Mm. You never see those guys again. And you can do it relatively cheap yeah yeah that's true i mean that that's a big sort of thing like i think about like you know in the world that we're in now in our industry like ls swapping 
classic muscle cars. Like that's a thing that's happening all around the world. Everybody's doing it. The formula just works because it is fast and cheap, relatively speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and you're it not is. pushing it very hard. Yeah. If as long as you're like, if you think like, you know, an LS3, we use that as the example, you know, bone stock LS3, 400 and ish horsepower. That's pretty fuck. That's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's relatively cheap. Yeah. And reliable. And reliable. It's kind of got all the things. I mean, if you want more out of it, you can get more. Uh, yeah. You start you're, you start shifting your balances here a little bit on that triangle. Yeah. And so what about, I'm actually wondering, because I was like, I started to think about this as we were talking, but I'm like, what are some, because we were talking about the, the triangle, cheap and reliable. Are there any cheap and reliable cars that are still fun as today. They, as they come, let's yeah, say like for let's sale say like today. a C five or C six Corvette would be like right away to me. Like there you go, that's relatively cheap, good reliable car that's fucking fast. Oh, I see. Like if you think about that, like that's a bit, that's why you see so much of it in 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 racing bodies nowadays. Like I know they're coming on hard in the drift scene. You know, people are using them in time attack and stuff like that. Like I don't, you know, I, you see it all the time. Mm -hmm. well, everybody says the same thing easy platform yeah too. and you know unfortunately because of that popularity now they're not as cheap but great car yeah so i guess you technically can have cheap reliable and fast um if you're looking at like a c5 corvette for depends example depends on what kind of money you're spending that that is true so that the price that. is yeah. relative so we're in the five thousand dollar game then it's a lot more difficult to achieve. But if you got, say, $15,000 to spend, then that gets you into some of those, you know, C5 Corvettes, mm -hmm. Mustangs, a couple of cars like that. And then obviously you go from there and it's like, it's all relative to, you know, what yeah, you're what's to your end and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. You have to know, like, what's the end goal? So, like, the cheapest possible platform to make power with, it's, of course, gonna be the Honda. Like it's literally unbeatable for what it is. Price to performance. Price to performance, but not an LS. Mm, no, I don't think so. Really? Well, why did my voice I, just I go would, that high? Would, yeah, <laughs> you're like, what? What? <laughs> Wait, you heard why? this here, I, folks. No, I would say, I'd say, okay, LSs are cheap and probably make more power, but I think the power increases in the Honda, like the jump that you could achieve for less money and a lot more dramatic is the honda wins oh shoot because you're gonna go from like 200 horsepower to 500 horsepower for a relatively small amount of money oh whereas an ls is you're gonna go from like 350 to 500 is fairly inexpensive but if you want to go to 750 now you got to start spending real money you want to go to a thousand and it's even more again so i'd say the cost that it almost doubles each time you want to take that next step yeah whereas a honda you can get to that 500 for relatively inexpensive, but even that platform, the next jump, there doesn't seem to be that middle jump there because then you got to go all the way to a thousand. Yeah. Like you don't, I mean, how many thousands of comments did we get? I don't see a lot of guys running the six to 700. It's either you're running 500 on stock stuff and then you got to make the jump to big boy stuff and then you're eight, 9,000, but then you're spending real money. Then it's yeah. not cheap anymore. No. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So I'd say the most dramatic power increase is probably in the Honda platform. Wow. I almost got to wonder, like, thinking about that power increase in that platform, um, 
is it going to be as reliable though? Like, cause it, it, I think a lot of times people don't really think about all the supporting stuff yeah. that goes along with that. Like, are we talking about Honda stuff again? Like we, you know, these are econo cars. They're not made for performance. They wow. were never designed for that. And see, but an LS platform, like the transmission, the rear ends and things like that, typically are capable of holding a lot more right from the get-go. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah. But I mean, just for... The conversation always seems to be just about power. Yeah, always. So just it's about all, power. That's it's like it. it's so much more than and that. And then you get a lot of these kids that <clears> seem <throat> to have this power to weight ratio thing in their head yeah. because they've listened to guys talk about Bugattis and all this kind of stuff, yeah. and they think it applies the same <laughs> to a Honda Civic, and it doesn't. And if you can't plant the power and you can't make it hook up, it's wasted power. Yeah. You've literally wasted your money. So then the secondary argument is like, well, you never heard of an all-wheel drive? You're like, well, yeah, but then now you don't have a Civic anymore. Now you're spending more money. You're not just pulling like, oh, it's fifteen hundred bucks. You're not just pulling a stock rear end out of a CRV and tossing it in your Civic. Because <laughs> no, 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 it's not going to take the power. And if you do do that, I mean, you just have to know that there's a limit to what it can handle. Yeah, yeah. And you look at some of these because, of course, I had to. You know, everyone's citing different race shops, and I looked into it, and it's like your motor. You can get a built long block, one hundred percent, that makes an insane amount of power for ten thousand dollars. But if you look at what it costs to get your transmission, not even built just to buy the internals for your transition to hold that thousand horsepower, it's almost exactly as much as the engine. Crazy. And then you got to build your Crazy. all-wheel drive system. It needs a gear set. It needs half shafts, all this stuff to hold it. So it gets expensive really fast. Mm-hmm. So like this idea that you can just throw a thousand horsepower in. If you throw a thousand horsepower in a front-wheel drive car, you're wasting like six hundred of it. Yeah. And you guys can whatever send the links i want it's just gonna be like a dog trying to get traction go nope we can't go (laughs) yeah there's there's so much more to it than just the number itself like it's it's everything everything every supporting piece and this applies to everything like we just watched the video of a guy with i don't know some 40 chev with a big blown motor in it park it into the side of the trailer because he's got (laughs) tires that he's probably had on that car for 10 years brakes suspension but he's got a big motor and a nice paint job and look how it turned out for him yeah yeah so yeah, it's like was... i'm not just hating on hondas it's like you got to build the whole thing together mm-hmm. you can't just do one yeah. yeah so some vehicles are just better suited to that level of build than others mm-hmm. you know some require less effort less conscious thought and less financial investment than yeah. others and then we we talked about bmws which was another like they're Yep. They have heavy brand loyalty. Yep. But the jumping off point with them is the N54 platform. The N54 platform, you're not starting out with a cheap car. No. It's an expensive car. So sure, you can make a lot of power for a relatively little amount of money, like three, four, five grand, everyone's quoting, but you're starting even in a used platform and with like a $30,000 car. No, the N54 is not that They're, bad. Well, if you get an older one, like, oh, when, yeah. when did they start? Oh, eight? Yeah. Like yeah. if you get an older one, yeah. Like it's not that bad. It's like less, about What's 10 grand. What's the reliability of starting putting 800 horsepower on a high mileage? Almost a 20 yeah. year old car. That's true. Yeah. Like yeah. there's all these extra considerations. So yeah, you can be like, oh, I got my 2018 N54 makes 700 horsepower. Yeah, it'll probably do it for a while, 100%. Mm-hmm. But if you got a foot, oh, eight, with 300,000 kilometers on it, you just jam <laughs> 750 horsepower into it, and it's probably not going to last. No. There's just too many variables. Like, was it serviced well? Was it all these things? Because mm-hmm. you can't just go do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, like in my mind, I'm visualizing this project triangle like it's constantly shifting. Yeah, you know, 2008 to 2013 is entirely different. How it was the history? Well, oh, eight, that is true. 18, 19, 19 all yeah. different well, things. Yeah, because even within that range, the transmissions have changed, the drive system oh, has changed. Yeah, 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 There's yeah. all these different things. So, like, if you got a base model, 335, and then now you got some all-wheel drive, of course it's going to run fast. But for how long? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no consideration. Like then they're like, "Oh, you're a fucking idiot," because you know this. It's like, <laughs> well, if you have an N54, you're probably not going to swap it. So it's not even part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. But I'd say in this whole thing, if I had to choose a car, I'd, I, was, I, was I would probably you. say the C5 Corvette. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's probably the cheapest, easiest, best platform that you can buy right now. Hmm. It's not the most attractive out of all no. the Corvettes, but I mean, if you want something fast, cheap, reliable that has an immense amount of potential yeah you can't beat a c5 or c6 corvette wow so that's one car that beats no i but don't I... even like corvettes <laughs> at all yeah i'm just saying if i had if all i had was 15 or sixteen thousand dollars and i was out to buy a car that would be the car that i buy wow that's high praise uh, i was gonna say it beats the triangle but again it depends on how much you have to spend yeah because fifteen thousand for some people that's like not even in their budget range too. yeah 100 well so. yeah that's just it i mean it, you have to know what you're what you're trying to get out of it right yeah maybe you gotta save your money and then even if you're spending five and you're buying one of these platforms that has huge potential like one of these bmws which i love them they look great like they're cool cars but they're expensive to maintain. Yeah, yeah. And if you bought one that hasn't been maintained well, this is why they end up with LSs in them. Yeah. Now you have to pay BMW prices. It's yeah. not. That's what people don't realize too. Because if we, even if you buy, for example, I've been looking at. I'm not gonna buy it, but I've been looking at just lusting after the first gen Aston Martin V8 Vantages, mm. and oh, they are one of the most beautiful cars ever made. But and you can get them in the states for like 30 grand, 35 mm -hmm. grand, 40 grand. But the maintenance on that, like if you're paying, you're going to do some of the work, but a lot of the parts are still Aston Martin expensive. Yeah. Well, that's the thing and we can attest to it directly. He's got an M5. So we're not BMW haters. Yeah. No, I love I BMW. I have a CLS sure. 55 AMG <laughs> and like you can buy them for relatively cheap money. They're like maybe 30, 35 grand right now. But when you go to buy parts for it, they still treat it like it's a hundred forty grand yep. car. <laughs> like I needed a new steering rack. They wanted six K for it. It's like for steering yeah. rack. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, those the reality of some of those things. And when people buy those cars, like I could buy this for this much. You're like, okay, but it's gonna cost you real money to maintain it. Yeah. yeah. The underlying part of it is like at some point in time you might have to invest a lot more money. Yeah. Like for something so simple. Yeah. Like simple stuff. My brake rotors are $2,000 a piece. A yeah, piece? Wait, wait, whoa. A piece? A piece. Is it carbon? No, they're two-piece AMG big a performance piece? pack rotors. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the aftermarket's all about. Yo. Yeah, you hit them up. So if you want to go buy the original AMG Mercedes rotors, they're expensive. What does mm -hmm. the aftermarket one go for? I don't even know if you can get one for it, actually. To no be way. That's impossible. Yeah. They have to make no, enough to market. They literally made like so few of those that. So the AMG spec model came with big brakes, but there is like a special box you could check to get even bigger 
performance package. Yeah. Oh, and that's what and yours came. Of course, that's what he has on his. So, yeah. but they only sold like literally like thirty of those cars. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I, you can get it cheap, hundred percent, but it's, it's not cheap to maintain. Oh, no. Shoot. No. So, yeah. that's part of the you know that plays into the triangle. So yeah, you go buy this thinking you're gonna. But it's not cheap. It's no. not yep. cheap to maintain. No. So what you got to do is you got to hit us, hit up a shop like our shop or any other shop that has the capabilities. And maybe you're making your own custom two-piece brake rotors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not unheard of. Yeah. You just, you can you just, you just you can design it, design it, CNC machine, you know, the whole center section. Put whatever exterior friction surface ring on well, there you want. Part of it is a lot you of do whatever you want. you can go to an aftermarket supplier of whatever brand and it's sometimes cheaper than buying the oem parts that's crazy to me wow that's pretty awesome but i mean that's that that's a completely different level of car and we kind of went off on the side but it's yeah there's tiers to it and what you're buying and what it's actually going to cost you to modify and make it better and what it's going to cost you to maintain yeah but some people apparently don't care yeah (laughs) so again just Mm. to reiterate before we before we close C5 Corvette I is think it's going to be your pick. For the buck. Really? C5 Corvette as well or no? No, I mean I I believe that that's a that's a super solid choice, okay. right? Like I feel like that's that's awesome. I don't know, like I so I've never owned one of these cars, but I feel like it's probably pretty high up there on the list. Um maybe not as powerful, but something like a, a Miata. Okay, so you still have the cheap and you have reliable, yeah. but and, it's not going to be fast. And depending on what your intended purpose, if you want to have, a say, a track car, man, Mazda Miata is pretty yeah. hard to beat because it's cheap, it's reliable, and, man, if you got big enough balls, it's pretty fast on the track, too. Because <laughs> you, you got a legit fucking, you're, you're hanging it out in the corner. But that's but, where you're placing your value. That's a completely different yeah. set of values <clears> than... What seems to be the norm is just quarter mile times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so that's North American stuff, times, right? It's, it doesn't make sense at all because it's, you know, what it's going to cost you to make that platform go fast in a quarter mile, people are going to think is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But if you want to drive it and you want to drive it fast, which was kind of like our last podcast, is like what's fun. That's going to be the best. You can yeah. drive it to the track. You can drive it home. It's cheap to run. It's cheap to maintain. I think I think a lot of people might say things like Hondas, like in in the same kind of context, like in that world, if that's your intended purpose, you know, Hondas would be good for that too. Like I don't know, I'm not going to hate on them. If you have a 250, 300 horsepower Honda, probably make an amazing track car. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, probably would. Send one out that has a thousand horsepower is going to be the worst track car you've ever driven. Right. I mean, and that depends on what your track experience is: circuit track or drag racing or whatever. There's going to be a handful of guys that chime in. Different tiers. Yeah. Maybe if you're just not a little, (laughs) of course, right? So, Elvis, what do you think? What do you think? No, like I'm thinking back to like uh, cars that I've driven that are. I just recently got a BMW 328XI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has an N52 engine. Um, it was cheap. It's not fast per se, but it is also reliable. It has been reliable, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is not stick, but I know you could get those in stick. Um, I don't know. And so I would honestly pick a like a rear wheel drive if you just want a fun track car rear wheel drive 328 
eye. Mm, yeah. Like, and that's it. Like it only has 200 and something horsepower. Almost any um, generation of three series BMW yeah, is going to exactly. get you into yeah. that, into that realm of soup, like good, inexpensive fun. I can get like, it. I'm, I'm down with that too. Cause yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a, again, six speed. No, not even a six speed. I had a I had a three series BMW and E46 and it was yeah. super fun. It was great. Yeah. If you can get it with the LSD, even better, or you can just swap it in. But it's we still cheap. We have an E36 cheap. and we haven't been able to kill it. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. But our we're E36. We're not trying to jam a whole ton of power through it either. It's basically stock. I think it's got an intake and header on it, and the thing yep. is unbreakable. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a super super inexpensive, very reliable so far at this point, and very fun. Not the fastest, but great. So, what's your purpose, right? Yeah, pretty much. What's what's your purpose for yeah. five, that five k range? If you want a solid, good car that's not dated, or you can let's say you can be forty years old in driving, yeah. you can't beat the BMWs. BMW, no, man. they're just good value, yeah, man. It's good value, and then yeah. once you get into the next range, then it opens up a little bit. But even still, I would say the Corvette's the best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because one one only thing that I think about when I think about BMWs, D36, 46, blah, 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 is that you kind of have to be a little bit more DIY sort of kind of person to do all the little troubleshooting and like fixing and, and I, re and re of parts. Because the parts that you can buy for those cars, I found in my experience, they're not that expensive. But, but you have to be able BMW to do it yourself. are really expensive. Yes, yes, exactly. Like if you can do it on your own, mm-hmm. it's a very inexpensive car to own and maintain because the maintenance on it is actually pretty, you know, few and far between. But when it needs to be done, it needs to be done. You know, but if you're paying a BMW mechanic, pff, buddy, get yeah. ready. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's going to cost you a mint. Yeah, yeah. Like Jack Hughes, same as Mercedes. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. And it has to be stock. It has to be all these things and they'll get you. And it becomes, that's why you're able to buy those cars so cheap. So cheap, man. Because so you go cheap. take it in and it's like, oh, you need this many kilometer service. It's going to be $6,000. You're like, the car's only worth it. eight. I'm yeah. going to sell it. Yeah. And then you can pick it up at a crazy deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. we see we see that all the time. Cars, yeah. oh. cars, you see them on Marketplace or whatever. And you're like, why is it so cheap? Yeah, you'll see like a 20 12 13 14 7 series bmw like and it's like three grand, grand. and you're like <laughs> yeah. oh man that is a lot of car for um, like i think a customer of ours bought like a 750 il for like 5200 dollars. yeah so funny why because it had like a turbo oil feed line leak and then and where the turbo it was like a t- i think he said it was like an 18 to 20 hour re and re yeah, because what? you have to take apart. Probably they're like buried wow. inside. But it was like literally like a forty dollar part. Yeah, but twenty hours of labor at the dealership. So yeah. wow, like, you're looking at like a five six thousand dollar bill. But so that that's why they sold the, the car for so that. They sold price. it super cheap. He took it to some like a uh, independent mechanic, and he, the guy did it. You know, because he'd done a few. He did it in like eight hours, nine hours. Cost him twelve hundred bucks. Wow. And then you get an amazing amount of car for a small amount of money. But yeah, there's. That's why BMWs are what they are. Yeah. And they have a lot of things that are made to be really scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an Anos pump. Oh, gosh. Oh, I man. hate that word so much. Anos is just oh. immediately it's like $8,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, I think motor swap. Yeah. yeah. LS swap. That's it's why. It's better now, yeah. but I mean, yeah. that's why a lot of those cars were almost worthless. At yeah. One point. Yeah. 
yeah if what's your purpose right yeah what's your capabilities a bmw platform i believe is just it's pretty high glorious it's super super good yeah the chassis are so well designed oh my god yeah like it like lends itself really really heavily in my mind to like engine swaps like instantly ah can't be bothered with all that bmw stuff throw an ls in it problem solved with that said i think that's it anything else we want to add no yeah Perfect. i don't think so yeah fast cheap and reliable all together so. mm, it's a tough one yeah it's a tough one and also, again it's all relative yeah to yeah. what your version of reliability exactly is. yeah and, and what you're using it for exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and what your budget is too so yeah i mean there's a there's a whole bunch of examples of cars out there and i'm sure people will will make all kind of references in the comment section yeah you know if you have any, let us know because yeah. uh, I would like to know. Another one probably is that I've known that it has been cheap to run and use. My Genesis. Uh, it's a 2009 Genesis sedan with a 5-liter V8, I think. Yeah. And it has been glorious. It has about almost 400 horsepower and or I think maybe more. I don't know. But... Man, you use that thing as a tow vehicle. Yes. <laughs> to tow like another car. Kilometers yeah. And I've like, actually seen you do several burnouts with that thing, yep. like on the limiter, cooking tires. So, I mean, I never even really think about that, but like those cars are pretty, they're yeah. Towed pretty it, stout. Towed a car from, towed my, one of my Jags from the States to Canada, where I'm when I moved thousands of miles. It's still fine. I have abused that car. I got it for $1,500 from, that blows my from mind. Uh, auction. But, uh, I, and I was just like, I got it by mistake. And I was like, oh, I don't know. This okay. looks like a V8. <laughs> it's a V8. It's a rear wheel drive car. Might as well. We've done stuff like um, that before in the But past it has been one of the best one of the, the best things that I've bought, honestly. And now I could technically, like, if it's written off, it's probably, it's worth like 10 to 15 grand now. So that's also a, a good one. Uh, but, and it has, yeah, about almost 400,000 kilometers on it. And uh, yeah, it's perfectly I fine. I that's reliable. I would say that that checks that box that's 100%. So, yeah. Yeah. Just change oil normally. That's it. And it's so. AC. It's comfortable. It has heated and cooled seats. It's glorious. Mm. I'd say one of the coolest things in the whole car game. And it probably, again, is like we all react probably in the same way as if you're, say, five hours from home and you see a custom car out on the highway, it's like that's what you should strive to be mm -hmm. strive to be that guy yeah 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 guy. because every time you see you're like oh shit no it's not something you expect no to <laughs> and so that's true. kind of like a reflection of the custom car world yeah yeah it's like you're like you shouldn't be surprised yes to see somebody out that far using their stuff with that level of confidence yeah and that's what needs to change in the industry is like we need to get more of it out there doing more things better yeah i agree 20 30 kilometer round trip stuff that is not reliable and that's not where we should that be. is not acceptable i have yeah. the solution body swap oh come <laughs> on elvis <laughs> yo boom <laughs> <laughs> body swap your classic car yeah. and then it'll be glorious yeah. reliable awesome that's what i'm doing with my mark ii jaguar putting the bmw chassis underneath mm, glorious there you go yes Problem. you heard it here 
we're, yeah. we're, we're still waiting to see where that falls in the triangle. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The circles, I want to know where that ends yeah. up. Right, right the circles now, it's, of it's, intersection. It's, it's, uh, it's still moving right now. I know, yeah. yeah. Okay, see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>